What would you make of his legacy in terms of the leadership of the MDC from when it began up to um, now, up to you know the end of his time? What would you make of that, of, of particularly focusing on the MDC? Um, I think that's where his greatest successes are and also his greatest failings are. Um, I I do believe the decision that was made to get rid of term limits in the MDC was was um, the beginning of the end for his unassailable um, position of being um, a Democrat, a hundred percent Democrat. The reasons behind that. Um, were I guess one could argue they were practical more than anything. Um, one could argue the people said it, the people wanted it. Um, one could argue he wanted Congress even though he was being challenged. But I'm, I don't, I don't know. All I'm saying, all I know is that 2005, uh, the MDC before 2005, and the MDC after 2005 were very different things. Um, not only because it was now the MDCT, but more because it was it it was not no longer as broad based. There was now a opposition political class, whereas before they had genuinely been drawn from all sectors. But um, I think the the their failure to gain to win the elections in two thousand and five um, created what you your first opposition career opposition politicians and that's that's where he began to to in my opinion lose his way um politically at least um there was still good work to be done but i don't think that work should have been done post 2008 from from the presidency of of the mdc Openu? any uh-huh. i think the hardest thing when you are the bearer of the vision, when you're the carrier of the vision, which um, Mr. Changrai so obviously was uh, with the MDC from its founding, when you're the carrier, when you're the one who has the flag that everybody follows in terms of the democratic fight, um, and you're you're essentially Moses leading the people to the promised land, I think it's very difficult to know at what point you need to let go because so much of it, so much of what is done, so many of the compromises that you have to make, particularly when you are at war and let's face it, it's, it's a kind of war. Um, it's, it's difficult to know. And so much of what, the things you have to compromise look so different from what you had envisioned. The glory of, you know, battle and the sweet taste of victory is not as sweet. Battle is not as glorious. And sometimes your losses are far more than what you had anticipated or even prepared for. So I can 
I can sympathize with him in not being able to let go of the vision and in not being able to pass the flag on to another person. That being said, I, I don't condone it. And I do think that there did come a point where he he should have allowed another person to become the vision carrier and for him to become a wheel in the machinery of the thing that he was trying to achieve. Um, and so it got lost. It got lost when the MDC constitution was changed. There were many more compromises in terms of leadership than there were in terms of political gains and political losses in the fight for democracy against Sanopiev. And, you know, I think that takes away from the legacy that I think, you know, at the outset, I believe anyone who starts something so vast and so big and particularly so, um, you know, strong, because you're fighting a monolithic entity. Sanopiev is, in essence, a monolith, right? Um, but it's, it's, if he had stuck with the vision if he had put the vision first and that's not to say that he didn't i don't know but for me as a person watching and for me as a person who very much bought into the vision at the very very beginning felt like at some point it felt like he let go of the vision so yeah for me you know it's a complicated i have a complicated relationship with everybody mugabe mnangagwa changirai so um you know so for me it's complicated I, I i want to love him i just feel betrayed by him does that so, yeah um yeah. I, I i completely understand and um be, before i i comment um <laughs> i wanted to ask another question i suppose i've got quite a few questions um on 2008 i think you know before we look at some of the problematic things um 2008 the elections came and he won the election um beat less than 40 he or he beat mugabe let's start at the fact that he beat mugabe and obviously the election results came took uh, very long to to come out um i remember there was a curfew um on and he was staying at the norwegian embassy I think it was mm-hmm. um, for for, mm-hmm. for some time, and he refused to run in the runoff election. Um, and obviously, you know, after that, it, we all know what happens. We then ended up with a, a a unity government. What do you guys think about that? Do you guys do you think he he made the right decisions at that time? Obviously, in hindsight, we the vision is better, but in his position at that time did he make the right choices choosing not to participate in the runoff um entering the uni unity government yes um i I don't know about i don't know about entering the look there's two there's two there's two questions there did he choose the right thing and not running in the runoff yes um i part of the work i did when i was working for for tb law was um collect stories um i don't know if they're for archives or what so i've spoken to i think i did about 50 of them where we would um get people that were victims of political violence um and a lot of them came from 2008 um that political runoff and 
the week leading up to the runoff. Uh, it was bloody. It was. I'm trying to. Like it deserves its own episode, and I've got this information. I've got the recordings of these people telling of their experiences. People who are known to be MDC activists were had their IDs taken away from them so that they couldn't vote. Regular people were 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 forced into Pungwe for the whole entire week. Um, I, I you know there's I met I met mothers who who didn't bath for a whole week and were breastfeeding but weren't being fed but once a day by people who are in government now, people who are ministers now who are part of this. And and I think that's where his famous quote was, I, that he won't go to State House, he won't go to the presidency on the, on the bodies, over the bodies of Zimbabweans. And uh, hindsight is, is, is perfect and it might be easy to say he should have run in that runoff because you'd have won... But people don't realize that. No, which is why, which is why I didn't want to to look at it from from a hindsight perspective. I'm I'm yeah. focusing more on and you at know, that where moment, he was. at that moment, at that moment, people were were. It was, if he had run, you couldn't have guaranteed. Not even just his own safety. He couldn't have guaranteed anyone's safety in the country. And and. There was but no the, indication. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I was going to say all of, yes, I agree with all of the above, but when you're cornered, there's always a window. And the runoff was not the only option available. And again, hindsight. But I said it then, and I'll say it again 10 years later. That was not the only option available to him. Um, he, he he didn't ha- no he shouldn't have been in the runoff but neither did he have to accept a GNU because he did win the election the election was clearly his but for there to have been a GNU for Zanu PF to have come to a table their hand was forced and for me that put that shows me that they were in a position of weakness and he actually did have the upper hand and he compromised the upper hand that he did have. And yes, people's lives are important. And But the thing is that, you know, 10 years later, we're still in a bad relationship with a toxic ZANU-PF that we apparently can't seem to get out of, despite a not a coup. So, and I, I, I blame him for that. I do think that... I mean, he he should have held out. He should have said, "No, I will not. I'm not going to grant you legitimacy, ZANU-PF." I, I think it's it's a difficult position because you also have to understand that 2008 was the height of you know of the of economic crisis and the economic crisis, and there was so and much so much happened that year in terms of politics and economy that so, Zimbabweans so, were. So 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 Upenyu just mm-hmm. sorry to cut sorry to cut you off chris no no, no. Mm. oh yeah um, the world had just watched kenyans maim and kill each other in 2007 yes when this election happened and this situation happened mm-hmm. um the gnu didn't come from zimbabwe mbeki flew to harare yes as soon as the end of the runoff and said you guys were negotiating this uh, there's no other way 
people try to hold out whatever, but they eventually were convinced. But essentially, the the argument that everyone was making and his, his, his I, I can't. I was eighteen. That was when at my height of of of, of you know, being involved and looking at the politics, reading ZimSituation.com, which was run by Anna. I'm sure these guys are now running proper newspapers. But the whole argument at the time was we can't have another Kenya. The whole entire world wanted to avoid what was going on in Kenya. I For that. all the leaders, everyone, hindsight is yeah, 2020 and as a young always... person it would have been easy to say that let's go to the streets and everything like that but i think it was a tough political decision to make yeah i think the... i think it was a very difficult decision but, but... i agree with you i think it was a very difficult decision to make but i also think that if we are saying that we've been in a fight for democracy for the last 20 odd years and if we're saying that this is the democracy is the thing that we want then you're going to have to bite the bullet and admit that sacrifices, you have to make sacrifices, you have to make unhappy, difficult choices. I think it's, and it's open. I think it's difficult. That was, especially, that was one of them. I think it's difficult, especially when you are sacrificing other people's lives. Because it's 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 all fair and fine for them to hold out. But from the position they were sitting in, you know, they were in relative comfort. But you start to think of the people of Zimbabwe. And as I said, we must not forget the context. 2008 was a harsh, harsh year. A, but do you a, not a think that the reason why ZANU-PF still has power is because they're prepared to make that exact sacrifice? Well, I, you, and no one else is. And, you know, I've been saying this repeatedly. Then maybe the thing that we need to talk about is we're in a one-party state. And ZANU-PF has internal elections, and we don't have opposition politics at all. No, I Because just, unless and until oh. a person arrives on the scene who's prepared to make those kinds of sacrifices, no, we're but, always but, going to but, be in this but the relationship. Thing is, but the thing is, Upenu, is, you know, and we're, we're digressing here, but I'll just say that mm. you you don't want to make the same choices that those that you are fighting against are making. You want to make better choices. You want to make better choices, and you find ways to do that. Obviously, again, we must contextualize and think about the situation where they were in two thousand and eight. It's very difficult to say we'll let people get maimed, we'll let people die of hunger just because we're going to hold out. Because you don't know how long the holdout is going to be. We must also remember that ZANU-PF had, you know, military men who had categorically stated they were not going to salute Trangirai. You know, and that's another thing that he had to, that he had to face up to, is he wasn't just facing a political system. He was facing a, 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 a political system that had control, full control of the state and military. So it was, it was, an extremely difficult decision. I don't think he, they woke up and said, you know what, GNU, let's do it. I think there was a lot of deliberation that went into it. There um, was, and can I there take you back 13 years the... before the GNU when ZANU, ZAPU, the Rhodesian government and the British government and God knows who else sat at the table at Lancaster House. And the thing that, I mean, this is a very... It's a fairly famous quote. But the thing that convinced Mugabe to sign 
at the end was when Samora basically said, listen, I'm going to kick you out of my country. If you don't, you don't have an army. The people who lived in the camps were refugees. Those are sacrifices. Those are real sacrifices, right? The people who lived in the camps lived on mangai. You know what a mangai is? It's boiled chibake. And it's not even the whole cob. It's two. It's one or two of those corns that you eat. The people who lived in the camps had no medicines, no schools, nothing. Those are sacrifices. This is who you're dealing with. I, I, those people I, I went and they were prepared to step away from the negotiating table if they didn't get what they wanted again so um, i hear what you're saying that we're digressing etc etc but if you are not prepared to match bulls for bulls at a table with zanupf you're not going to win and then what you're basically doing every election is giving zanupf legitimacy because there is an opposition I've... So, Penny, you're advocating for an opposition to... I'm advocating for balls of steel. I'm not yeah, saying an opposition not... has to go and march people into cannon fire. That's not what I'm saying at all, because I'm also the same person who says there are smarter ways to campaign and there's better ways to protest than putting people on the streets where they're in harm's way. But at the same time, you have to know who your enemy is. You have to know who you're facing on the battleground. And yeah, I think what, that was what a we're bad disagreeing. Decision. What we're disagreeing with is 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 your categorization of bravery. And I think it was brave to sit down and the different kind of. I didn't of call him a coward. I did not. No, call I'm, him a I coward. mean, I just I said mean, that was a bad steel, which is, uh, it, look, No, but bold you can, you can, also I will, means. No, it's not about bravery. It's about can I face how far do I have to go to achieve this thing? And it's not about yeah. being brave because the very fact that he can take the beating, the very fact that he can say Mugabe must go, the very fact that he even said let's form an opposition party when Edgar Tekiri had failed, the very fact, there's no question that he was a brave person. But when it comes to the decision in 2008, 2009, to sign for the GNU, I do not think he had the stomach for the things he had to do. And that doesn't mean he wasn't brave. It just means that he didn't, he couldn't stomach that scale of suffering. But when who's seen suffering on a completely different level, who's watched people being burnt alive, that's, how do you deal with somebody like that? Because they've drawn the battlefield. You're playing by the rules of their game, are you not? I, again, I think it's, it's, it's a complex situation that they found themselves in. And it's, it's you know, you're, you're holding people's lives in your hand. And it's very difficult to, you know, making certain decisions is a very difficult thing. And it's not black and white. It's very many shades of gray. What we can discuss and, you know, uh, a question is his tenure as prime minister. Um, you know, that's what, what do you guys make of the time that, you know, he was in government and he was prime minister and then s everything that came subsequent to that, his role as the leader of the MDC whilst he is also in government, um, and dealing with, you know, uh, the state that you had been fighting the last 10 years um, now you're both sitting at the table and you're both having to work together. Um, here I can 
I can comment quite honestly. I think they. This is Benju. This have is you where been, your, have your you point di- probably is more have, is have more been, salient that they have you been dishonest they didn't have, before. Mm-hmm. Pardon? I said, have you were you being dishonest the whole time? What's this? Ian. No, that was <laughs> sorry. I was, um, it's no. shy, guys. Allow me, it's, it's 7 a.m. morning now. It's been up since, um, no, 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 um, quickly. They, this is opinion. This is at this point, this is where your points, your, 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 your argument is actually more for me more salient if they had a, a number of t- things happened during the gnu that they should have walked away from and they should have left the gnu i think that's where they showed they didn't have the balls of steel that's where they didn't use their advantage um i think a number of times during the gnu they should have walked away um this uh, situation i think that people uh, like to say mugabe outfoxed Shanghai in the government um i think he tried certainly. He had all the levels of power of the state. Certainly, he was uh, used to statecraft in its most uh, Machiavellian form. Certainly, but the the real failing of the GNU was because Mbeki was ousted in 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 South Africa. So the the facilitator of the agreement was no longer there, and. Th- they no longer had anyone in Sadak who was ensuring that the 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 the, the spirit and the letter of the GNU was followed anymore because Zuma had no interest in and who uh, whoever followed Zuma what's his name whoever followed Bekim whatever his name is had Mushlanti. no that one um had no interest in ensuring that the GNU was was implemented and I think a number of breaches should have led them to walk away from that um but yeah I uh, that's uh, that's for me is the is the biggest uh leadership failing or problem in the GNU what wasn't a problem is the 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 prime in the prime minister's office and as part of the campaign uh, and as part of their time in government, we got the new Zimbabwean constitution, um, a constitution that they had fought for since 2000, uh, a constitution that was not wanted um, in its current form by by ZANU-PF um, for the most part or by Mugabe specifically, um, a constitution that will... <laughs> When you go back and what we were talking about, when you go back to 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 to, to the beginning of this whole story, a constitution that essentially was the reason that there was the need for an opposition to be launched in the first place, um, amongst other things. So that um, and my understanding from um, my guys and from a, a lot of other people is that he had a lot to do with mediating the battles within. Uh, Copac, um, as well as uh, placating some of the more radical elements in ZANU from refusing some of the more liberal um, provisions in the constitution uh, and fighting that battle. So, so yeah, that's uh, I think on paper 
I guess. Um, the Zimbabwean constitution is 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 robust, and is truly something to be proud of. Uh, and so, at the end of the day, that's pr- pretty much all we got from in honesty from the GNU on the political side. And I think that a lot of that can be accounted to his tenacity. Upenyu. No, it's, you answer the question, Chris. You've been asking us <laughs> questions like your interview. You answer your own question. Uh, you Chris, know, Chris I've, is I've, following I've... people's advice. If you have nothing to say, <laughs> nice, nice to say. Don't I'm say anything. No, you know what? Um, <laughs> Today is one of those days where, where thinking is, is quite difficult, so it's easier to just play a journalist and ask questions. But um, I think, you know, the... It, it was a very difficult time. I think they found themselves in a very difficult space. Um, uh, you know, they just agreed to this GNU. And now the roles, I don't think, were clearly defined. Also, you're dealing with a ZANPF that's agreed to a GN- GNU, but is not accommodative. Um, and, you know, that can be seen. There are many reports that came from that time of how, you know, ministers just wouldn't engage with with Changira as the prime minister they wouldn't attend meetings and and that sort of thing um and like like uh henry mentioned there were times when i think they could have or should have you know walked away from it um put your foot down threaten to do it at least um they did many times from as early as uh, 2010 did they? I don't. I'm, yeah, okay. many. I mean, I remember writing about how the MDC shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I've been tukering them for a long time. How the MDC shouldn't be naive and they should either suck it up or walk away. Um, yeah. In twenty between 20, 2010 and twenty twelve, but they the because I worked for an NGO at the time, and so you know it was our job to sort of catalog. Um, what was going on with the GNU at the time. And from as early as 2010, the MDC was threatening to walk away, MDCT, sorry, was threatening to walk away from the GNU because of disrespect of the Prime Minister's office, because there was no, the letter and spirit of the agreement was not being followed by ZANU-PF because of, I mean, there was one time when the police arrested, I think it was political activists, and um, Mohadi was 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 cited in a number of reports about you know violations, human rights violations during the time of the January. So they did many many times. So if it, you know if they had threatened it, then they should have taken some sort of action. Or I and again um, I I I don't have the details here. Um, so I think they were in a very difficult position. Um, What I do criticize from that era was the planning going forward um, because ZANU-PF had taken a hiding in 2008 and obviously they weren't going to let that happen again come 2013. And it didn't seem, I mean, obviously hindsight again 2020, but I don't know what the MDC... um, could have done in that period or should have been doing in that period that they that they weren't uh, building up to to the 2013 um, elections we spoke about his legacy you guys spoke about about that and you know within 
the MDC within the opposition space. He is most certainly an icon and a legend. Within the MDC itself, he contributed to a lot of the problems that they faced. And this starts, you know, way back in, in, in 2005 where they had a dispute over the, the Senate and he, he overruled the vote um, there and obviously uh, Walshman and, and et cetera then left. Um, and I think it... it and et cetera. <laughs> Imagine you worked your whole life as a politician to be called etc. Wow. So I think I think you know there that is where the question is is within the MDC itself. You know what his his contribution there. Um, there there are problems that are within that space, um, and you know these problems went all the way up to now you know he's created some of some of the issues that are there so it's it's again it comes back to that thing of when you look at a at an individual there are so many different facets to them and you can look at certain aspects of of their legacy in different spaces um i i i i honestly wonder what it would have been had 2013 come round and he had you know said I've I've run my race I've taken it as far as I can I will remain part of the party but I'm not going to take it to the next leg yeah that's a that's a good good scenario to think of but um I suppose we'll never know um What I can say is in the next 15, 20 years, um, perhaps we'll start to notice um, retrospectively, because I think we're also a bit close to the events now and just him passing away, um, the actual impact he had on the politics of Zimbabwe as a whole. I think that... Um, just I, th- I don't know if we, we we're, we're wrapping up now or what, but mm-hmm. I think it highly flawed um, as all leaders are, but it's one of those things is that you know do 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 people in the time of Mandela think that oh. He's lucky he's the one that survived in the in the prison. We would have done better with whoever and he would have given us land reform or, um, you know, do people at around Martin Luther speak about his own personal issues and the things that he didn't do? Um, I wish he hadn't been so nonviolent in the time. And then years later, when you're eulogizing him, um, as has happened now, really... To a large part, you have opponents and 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 people eulogizing him and speaking of the great he did. Um, same people who are charging him for treason and arresting him. Um, so I guess history will will, will, will tell. But um, yeah, blazoi <laughs> indesha. 
I mean, it's it's again, and I completely agree. I, as we, as we've been saying, you know, all the pod, all podcasts long hindsight twenty twenty, and you know, as time goes on, as new narratives come out, as people share different experiences, as certain things happen, and you get to see um, different angles, we'll definitely get to learn more and and appreciate more. Um, one thing ag- you certainly can't take away from him uh, is his contribution, and that anyone, even Mugabe himself, will will tell you, you know, that, that a lot of things about about Tsangirai and a lot of things about the contribution of Tsangirai, you know, good or bad, to to how Mugabe operated in his in his life. Um, I I I wonder now. You know, one one thing. Um, I wonder now what what then happens to the MDC. Um, obviously, this this was a a. It was a shock. No one, although you know, you know when someone has cancer that it is a possibility. It still came as a shock, and there a lot of things has, have happened within the party since you know his part his passing. Um, there was the uh, Chamisa uh, N N N was it NEC or NC meeting? NEC. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. It's my it's my alarm. Sorry, this is okay. the time I'm meant to be waking up. So the NEC oh. meeting uh, okay. happened, and Chamisa was made the acting president. Obvious. This was the day after. Um, we found out about the passing of um, Morgan Tsangirai and there was a lot of uh, what's I don't want to say uh, there's a, there's been a lot of things happening there's around that after in the, yeah so, in the political space so, and in the family space as well. So just a quick explanation um, on what happened there. My understanding, the NEC meeting was called before. Um, um, Morgan Changere passed away. President Changere passed away. Yes. The meeting was always on on that Thursday. Yes. Uh, the reason for the meeting had been called, and it was obviously internal political mechanizations. But the meeting had been called because they had to new information. I think they were saying, "Could the President Vadi, whoever is now acting president, needs to change." So that meeting had always been called. I think the meeting was called the previous week. Um, I only saw a me- only saw a message about it on the Monday. Um, when the president uh, Changere, uh president of the party, Prime Minister Changere of the nation, I suppose Prime Minister is a correct designation, when he passed away on the Wednesday. Um, the party went ahead with the meeting. Um, there was quorum at the meeting. The question is, uh, can by leaving the meeting, did uh, Secretary General Monzora ca- ca- cancel it? But what what we have read now in the MDC is uh, is a fight for the legacy of of Morgan and a politician who has decided to use that legacy for his own political gains. Um, and while he has the popular support of the people, uh, even in my supporting of him, 
it has become a bit distasteful. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, I, 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 it was Machiavellian. That's, that's exactly what it was. Um, and I, I understand the politics around the situation, but it, 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 because of the man who Changirai was, and again, you know, we can, there's a, there's a lot to be said, you know, because you could also say that he created this situation, but it just, it didn't feel right that that meeting should happen the way it happened and the politics of MDC leadership should take precedence on that first or second day over the fact that, you know, um, Changira had passed. And throughout this period, we've had different situations. We've had situations with Koko Changirai, um, you know, coming out and even... Now I now I definitely understand it's it's definitely this today's rally and the one yesterday have been used as well as campaign platforms and it it makes sense for that to happen because we're still going to the election and you know Chamisa is definitely the front runner now in terms of the leadership of the MDC because he's managed to galvanize the support I have no issues with it now I had an issue with it on the first day um because i felt it it just you know it it felt uh, self-serving more than anything yeah it was uh yeah it just like have the meeting i think the 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 yeah have the meeting say in the whole year period that that was also very strange to me. You know, the whole the resolutions of that meeting were just very strange to me. It just, yeah. It's anyway. It's it's it left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. But um, what we can say more than anything else is Jangrei created the situation by creating Nelson Chamisa. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is that is absolutely true. Um, like uh, you know, it's 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 unfortunate, but I suppose that goes to you know part of his legacy and part of the things that happened. Um, it will be interesting to see how they maneuver and manage. Obviously, right now they definitely are getting the crowds because of 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 the events, because of you know Changirai's passing and Changirai's funeral. Um, how they manage to capture that. Um, Momentum. Momentum. Hype uh, uh, trust and, me, with, with Chamisa, they even you're going to vote MDC. Um, you know, I've, I've, I think I I've said on an earlier before? episode uh, of this podcast, one of the yeah. earlier, earlier ones, that I would, um, if you were the candidate, must have been sometime early last year. Uh, at this point, well, I'm not voting because I'm not in the country, but I, 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 I will reconsider. But yes, Upe, <laughs> you carry on. Uh, I wanted to speak for a moment about, you know, the capture of the family, um, which is, is, I mean, it's not unique to this particular situation. It happens, I mean, Grace Mugabe, he shall rule from the grave, but who's really giving the orders in that situation? Um, but and it's extremely distasteful. Kushaya, really. Um, but also, I, 
you know, I think family family needs to know where they end and where their person where their person's thing begins and ends. And I don't think the family has any place in MDC politics. I don't think I saw an article on um the citizen.co.za about how Changirai's son anoint essentially anointed Nelson Chamisa, which is not his place. I mean, who is he in in the greater um, structures of of MDC other than the founder and president's former president's son? So, you know, I think family, whoever you know, whoever you are in your ordinary life, someone who started something great, no better than to get put yourself because you want a moment in the sun, no better because it's foolish. You are no one to anoint. Changirai belonged to the people and it is the people's rights to choose who their next leader should be, which is, yeah, it's a whole nother conversation, but I'm, I'm not impressed by the family. Eh, but not to then anoint him and say he should be the next. Uh, Richard, leader. Richard said good to you, a bong wife and also. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> the, if you read the, re, listen to the, the quote article. and what he actually read the, uh, listen to the thing is the articles. Um, <laughs> the but I've there's been the quite, other one where the conversations. Manyonda says it it should be Nelson, not this other guy. I don't know about I don't know about all of that. I'm talking about Richard. I suppose uh, I'm talking about Richard. And Richard, the article says he anointed Jamisa. What he uh-huh. said was that I'm standing here na 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 Jamisa. This Nelson here is giving me the chance to speak. No, no moon which dika if I'm going which isn't a lie. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's all he said. He never said Kudindovu he should now be president. He never said that. So he, <coughs> have no, he just stated his facts. Anyway, um, I think we we are going into into uh, a lot of things now that yeah, aren't there. We're, we're, we're um, moving on, and and we can we'll definitely be we discussing all, this uh, the whole yeah. NDC issue and its succession politics. Um, a bit more with with a lot more in detail. Depth. Yeah. What's been going on, Kuzanu Naikris? Do a quick reminder. Uh, what do you mean, Tuguba Um, as you know, Zutima Shakauya. Zamaga I'm joking. That was actually a good move. Exactly. <laughs> 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 let me not. Let me not be. A um. <laughs> Um, I don't. I, to be fair, I actually don't know what's going on in ZANPF right now. I do. I do know that uh, soon we'll be getting to to primaries and all of those. You know. But did we speak things. about Winknells? No, um, we didn't. We need to have a conversation about that at some point. Um, I do know that. Do the, we though? The, did well, he go no, back to no. Parliament with his bank statements? The thing is, the so okay, we we were going to wrap up. We must wrap up. But this week they are bringing in. Um, I think it's the mini or, or some ministers and people from so many different places are coming in this week on Thursday and Friday. So I think there'll be we can discuss more on that once we have the results. September said he wants to bring in Mugabe. I hope that happens. Imagine the scenes. They are never <laughs> bringing in that old man 
to talk to <laughs> because, anyone. Because the old man will Quincy Jones everyone, guy. He'll start talking like Quincy Jones in that interview. <laughs> anyway. He'll just start saying everything he wants. <laughs> we are digressing further. Um, any last words on 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 uh, the late Morgan Richard Tsangirai, um said we can wrap up and then we can have our discussions offline. Um, yeah. I hope may his soul rest in peace. Yeah, I've said uh, I've said a lot, but yeah, And whether they called you a national hero or not, I think you you've proved to everyone that you are, and um, you get to join Susan now. Uh, I yeah, hope, I I hope that um, different people or the MDC actually puts a project together to to chronicle his life um i think we 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 definitely deserve a biography and a documentary actually so um i think there's there's a lot of work that can be done and there's a lot of conversations that can be had with so many different people um he's worked with a lot of people um over the years and over his political career and it would be really great if the MDC, and it should be a project that comes out of, of the MDC, um, they put something together for for history, for for themselves, and for the people of Zimbabwe. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's it for yeah. me. Thanks, thanks for listening. Um, find us as always, Politics and Beyond. On Twitter, on Facebook, Polly and Beyond, ZW on Twitter. And now, and now, Capital 263.